Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopballlakers at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Before we begin the show, we want to bring you a message from our friends at MyBookie. I hope you guys feasted up on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously... Now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are, we know what they are capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Especially if you're going to bet against the Pittsburgh Steelers because they look awful right now. Anyways, whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table slot and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie, and when you do, use promo code HOOPBALL to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000. The terms are simple. You put in the $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season in my bookie, so come on in and join the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Now, on with the show. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Bulls fans? A happy Friday to you, and welcome to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast here on the Hoop Ball Network. Bulls are in Los Angeles for the next two games. They're playing the Lakers tonight, and they are playing the Clippers on Sunday. We are brought to you by Manscaped and MyBookie. Make sure you check out both of our awesome sponsors. 
And we have a nice little preview episode here for you. We're trying to mix and mingle with the gentlemen of the Hoop Ball Network. We've had Brad Harden from the Hoop Ball Hawks on. We've had Lawrence Brooks from Hoop Ball Mavs. And today we've got a double dose of Lakers. Ethan Noroff and JC DeLeon, the co-hosts of the Hoop Ball Los Angeles Lakers podcast, join us here on the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. Gentlemen, good morning. Thank you again for your time. First question for both of you. Coming off of a championship run, Lakers are 6-3 and three to start the season. Are fans satisfied with how this team is playing, considering that this was the shortest offseason that any individual team has ever had? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to be satisfied, right? 6-3, and three, the three losses, the one was opening night on ring ceremony where you sort of expected the Lakers to come out with some uh, emotion, but the Clippers wanted to make a point, so... You know, the second loss was against the Blazers in which the Lakers decided to play for five minutes, thought it would be a cakewalk and found out otherwise. And then last loss is, you know, it's tough to beat a Popovich team three times in the span of about nine or 10 days. And, you know, I think the Lakers look about as expected up and down the board. But, uh, you know, it's hard to complain when you win a championship and then you're right back in the action. So I'd say about as expected so far. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this. I think the Lakers were rolling along pretty good up until the KCP injury, and it seems like since the KCP injury, uh, the last two games they've kind of slept, you know, sleepwalked in the first half, and they've made really good attempts in the third and fourth quarter to come back, and they almost did last night against the Spurs, but the Spurs are shooting way too hot for for them to be able to come back, and and I'd say the the sleepwalking in the first half of the last week is a little frustrating. Um, I don't see why the KCP injury would have just kind of made them stop their progress altogether. But I mean, yeah, you can't be upset at a six and three record. Hey, if you're talking to a Bulls fan who currently stand at four and five, you're probably not upset with any record that's above 500, let alone winning 66.7% of your first games. I know that I just decided to whip up a percentage, but I figured six divided by nine is that. And I just wanted to, (laughs) show off some nerdy decimal math but LeBron James is getting into the twilight of his career but he's still playing at an elite level he's averaging over 24 points a game so far this year he's averaging over 8.5 rebounds and he's averaging almost eight assists per game which is amazing considering how old he is and how much tread is left on his tires which really is not a whole lot from what you guys have seen Is it strange to you that LeBron is still playing at this high of a level, given how many minutes he's played over the last 10 years? I mean, two years ago was the first time he had missed the playoffs since when? His second year with the Cavs? I mean, yes, but also no, right? Like LeBron is a cyborg. That's what we've all come to embrace and accept as reality. So any normal human being at this stage of his life and career would show some signs of wear, tear, maybe slowing down. And, you know, LeBron has certainly adjusted his game. I mean, he's letting it fly from three like we saw last season. He's definitely taking more of those uh, Kobe-esque, for lack of a better way to say it, post-up opportunities. And he still takes it to the hole on a fast break for when he needs to make a point or make sort of an emphatic play for the Lakers. But, you know, when you have a player who's got a million dollars plus a year invested into his body and his cheat meal is like a bowl of cereal and an apple, uh, I, I think you got pretty good odds of holding up over the long term. And this is what really truly distinguishes LeBron as one of the greatest of all time is it's not just his peak, but also the longevity of it. 
Yeah, and, and I've seen videos of the way he kind of sort of rests on the court on offensive possessions where he'll sort of sit back and see how the defense reacts to certain situations. And so um, with the depth that the Lakers have this year, he's able to play less minutes during the game while, you know, not missing any games. And this year he's so far, he's shooting 40% from three and he's shooting more threes than he has in, or almost more threes than he has in his entire career. And so that's kind of helping him, uh, you know, get rid of some of that, that grinding and pounding that he, that he goes through. We're here with Ethan Noroff and JC DeLeon of the hoop ball, Los Angeles Lakers podcast, previewing bulls and Lakers tonight. You brought up an interesting point, JC, in terms of the depth. Everybody thought that the Lakers, despite the fact that they won the title last year and were the best team in the West by record, got better. They picked up Dennis Schroeder. They picked up Montrez Harrell. And they also picked up Marcus Gasol. And I look at what the Lakers did, and it's basically just the best getting better. It almost felt like when the Warriors, coming off a 73 season, picked up Kevin Durant. Do you guys think, and granted, nine games, we're all in the world of small sample size. Do you think this is a better Lakers team than last year's? It's a, it's a better offensive team. Uh, one of the things I've noticed is how the way they've, they've slept walked in the first half and how quickly they've been able to come back and make games competitive. Um, it, they're a better offensive team. And I've seen some of the numbers with, even though Marcus Gasol, he's only attempted – in nine games, he's attempted less than 30 shots in the season so far, but his just his rate, his offensive rating was just him and LeBron together on the court is really high. And the Lakers run a lot of offense through Marcus Gasol through that high post players are cutting for layups. He's really effective in, in that. And so, yeah, offensively, they're a better team defensively. They're, they're not as good, which I think is concerning. They've shown flashes of being able to be a good defensive team uh, Schroeder has, has shown some improved one-on-one -on -one defense. He exhibited some of that last night. Uh, but, yeah, I think they need to, once they're able to open up a roster spot, uh, look for another, like, rim protector. I mean, yeah, and that's what we've talked about, you know, throughout, throughout sort of the duration, even leading up to the season with the Lakers, the shift in identity. I mean, they were the only team in the NBA coming into to the loss against the Spurs on Thursday night. They were the only team in the NBA that was the top five offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So for as much as we've talked about sort of the shift to an offensive prowess uh, and away from rim protection and defensive identity that sort of defined them last season, the Lakers still have the ability to play that level of lockdown defense. And I think that goes back to something that JC mentioned, which is sort of the slow starts in the first half and what we've seen more, more than more often than we might like from this Lakers team so far, which is sort of normal, right, early in the season, especially coming off of a title, is that they think that they can just flip a switch and sort of, okay, now we want to play and, and now we're going to win the game. And we've seen the Lakers do that time and time again. So I think if there's anything I'm looking for for this Lakers team, it's, you know, sustained effort on both ends of the court, but especially defensively, because you're going to see against the Lakers, teams are going to continue to attack the paint without the presence of a true rim protector there. Stands the time that AD spends in the middle. And the Lakers are really going to have to tighten up their defense on the perimeter in order to sort of mitigate what they've lost inside. But when you've got a team, again, coming off of a title that improved on paper, improved its offensive ceiling, and still has the potential to play to that defensive identity, it's hard to complain. But, yeah, if we're, if we're picking complaints, that would, be, that would be mine early in the season, nine games in so far. 
it seems like scoring in the NBA is going up and the Lakers have held three teams under 95 points. I can't think off the top of my head if there's any other team that has held three different opponents under 95 points through the first nine games of the season. So when you talk about defensive efficiency and how they are playing on the interior, it makes a lot of sense that they're starting to gel a little bit more than you probably would have expected this early on in the year. Are you guys a little bit surprised at a perceived fall off so far from Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> uh, I, I've been very vocal about Kuzma, you know, sort of throughout his Lakers tenure, but especially this year. My hope was that when Kuzma got his three-year, $40 million extension, that it would sort of clear the cobwebs out of his brain and allow him to play a little bit freer. And we've seen that at times from Kuzma, whether it's, you know, for part of a game or even throughout the duration of a game. But I think, again, Kuzma's role remains so fluid on this team. And I think both he and the Lakers, and specifically Frank Vogel, are looking for sort of that sweet spot to see where Kuzma can really thrive because, you know, he's, he's, he's most needed on the wing. Unfortunately, what he does best, which is score the basketball, is not really what this Lakers team needs from him as much. They need him to be the cutter to the basket. They need him to crash the glass on both ends of the court. They need him to be a facilitator when he's in there without that secondary handler on the court. So, you know, I'd still like to see a little bit more of those sort of supporting skills from Kuzma versus the score first mentality. But the effort is certainly there. And I think, you know, he's a player who's going to be important to the Lakers if they have aspirations of repeating because whether it's Schroeder or Harrell or a combination of those two and or Kuzma, those are sort of the three guys that you're looking up uh, to support LeBron and AD on any given night, especially when KCP is out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Kuzma is a near constant source of, of content for, for our podcast just because of the way, you know, fans perceive him and his, him and his game. Um, I mean, this year, his decision-making is a lot better, and it's not necessarily helping his stat line, but it's helping the team. And so, you know, that's helping him. Uh, with the KCP injury, him starting, it does kind of put him in a tough bind because, yeah, his main focus in that starting lineup with Gasol and AD and LeBron uh, and even Schroeder and, and the offensive prowess that he's shown this season – Kuzma's main priority in that starting lineup is not to score. And when you tell a guy like Kuzma, his main priority is not to score. It's got to mess with his brain a little bit. Uh, but I mean, the decision-making has improved. And so I think he's getting closer and closer to finding that sweet spot. It's just, it is a little frustrating in that, you know, here he is so far in his career and we're still kind of talking about rhythm and fit and how long that's going to take where, you know, THT is in his second year, sort of seamlessly found his role in his spot and, still has plenty of room to grow in that. We are here with Ethan Noroff and JC DeLeon of the Hoop Ball Los Angeles Lakers podcast on the Hoop Ball Network. We're going to take a quick break and come back after a word from our sponsors. Support for Hoop Ball comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. That's why the revolutionary company Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. 
Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. Even if you do feel like giving a gift after Christmas is over, totally fine, no judgment. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Okay, I have alopecia, which is a hair loss disease, so I don't use a trimmer, period. But if I did use one down below, it would definitely come from Manscaped. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant in your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, which also includes all three pointers shot by Wendell Carter Jr., I'm thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package also will come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Welcome back to the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. We're here with Ethan Noroff and J.C. DeLeon of the Hoop Ball Los Angeles Lakers podcast previewing tonight's game between the Bulls and the L.A. Lakers. We're just going through a couple of key individual matchups on the Los Angeles side of things. I haven't asked you guys about Anthony Davis yet. It seems like after a rough start to last year and after he hit that big shot in the bubble that Anthony Davis is officially a Los Angeles Laker. Like I know that he's officially been on the team for, you know, over a year now, but it feels like he has finally been accepted by that fan base as one of their own. Do you feel like AD has bought into being a Laker for life? I mean, I think for life is always the strongest term, right? We always say things are forever for life and then things change. But at the same time, I think there was a, a general sort of consensus or thought that AD would sign a one, one and one or a two and one with the Lakers. The question wasn't, would he remain with the Lakers? It was for how long? And the fact that he gave them, you know, the full five-year commitment, of course, year five being the, the option, but the full five-year commitment really tells you that AD is, he's in his prime. He's in Los Angeles where he wants to be. He's the face of the Lakers as LeBron sort of transitions into, you know, the twilight of his career, as, as you referenced. And I think for AD, what else could you really want? And I think in terms of his defining moment, it's a great point because, you know, when he hit the shot and then he yelled Kobe afterward, that was the thing that I think all Lakers fans wanted to see. And that, you know, that, that was his, his welcome to LA moment, despite it being in Orlando in the bubble. Right. So I think that's a great reference there. And, you know, for me, AD is one of those guys who 
because he came to Lakers in his prime, he's not viewed as sort of a martyr, right? I think that's how a lot of people viewed LeBron when he decided to sign with the Lakers. But this is a guy who forced his way to LA in his prime. It's where he wants to be. And although Lakers fans sometimes have a tough time embracing, uh, you know, their own as a guy who didn't grow up in the organization, this is a guy who, you know, when Rob Polinka said at the time, everyone asked, well, are you concerned about trading the future for the present? And he said, Anthony Davis is the present and the future. So, you know, no, I'm not concerned. And I think that's really the key here. The Lakers acquired a legitimate generational transcendent superstar in his prime who will play his prime years for the Lakers alongside LeBron James. And they did it at an acquisition cost. That's more than reasonable. Brandon Ingram is a superstar in the making, but it really doesn't matter what comes of him or any of those other parts associated in the trade. That is how good Anthony Davis really is. Yeah, and just seeing how happy he is in Los Angeles and seeing as how it's where he wanted to be. And it's at the right time in LeBron's career where LeBron, I think for the next, for, you know, last year he was kind of the better player. I think he might end up being the better player in the playoffs come this season. But I think this third season with the Lakers next season is where you'll start to see him kind of slowly take over the mantle. And he'll be young enough to where – yeah, it'll, it'll be a seamless transition from from LeBron to AD. Uh, and then, yeah, just the, the fact that Anthony Davis is happy there, like looking, listening to a Brandon Ingram interview I did, I don't know that he was really, really happy in Los Angeles. And I think he was drafted at a time in which the Lakers were, were so down, you know, hadn't been in the playoffs in a long time. And I think they expected way too much out of Brandon Ingram way too fast. And now he's in a place in New Orleans where, He's got room to grow, and he's going to be really happy. You know, it's funny when you guys talk about Anthony Davis being happy in Los Angeles, and that's where he wants to be. That doesn't sit well with Bulls fans because Anthony Davis is from Chicago, Illinois. So it's like the Bulls organizational incompetence prior to the hiring of Arturis Karnishevis, Mark Eversley, and Billy Donovan. That's one of the reasons why Chicago-born superstars have stayed away couple more individual player profiles before we go into some key matchups for tonight. Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, the two biggest acquisitions, in my opinion, this offseason for the Lakers. Marcus Gasol really hasn't played a whole lot. He hasn't been that effective. So I have to say that I'm surprised that he's playing under 20 minutes a night. But maybe at his age, he's not necessarily the guy that you're going to rely upon to be that 25-plus minute-a-night center. But what are your guys' evaluations so far of how Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell have fit into an already existing core of guys that won a title last year and won a title really gelling down the stretch? I mean, I think Schroeder has been a welcome addition at the point guard position, right? I think he's, especially when the season started, you know, I think Lakers fans sort of got an introduction into who he is as a player and maybe sort of exceeded his, uh, our expectations of what he could bring to the team. I think when you get slapped with that sixth man of the year, people sort of, you know, view you as a bench guy, for lack of a better way to say it. But Schroeder has proven that he's definitely a starting caliber point guard in this league. And, you know, he made it clear that's what he wanted to be. So I think he's been a nice fit in the first five, uh, with the exception of <laughs> last night's loss against San Antonio, where he was mostly invisible for the game. But, you know, he's another player who's sort of searching to find his fit a little bit and trying to decide how to be or, or when to be most aggressive. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised with his efficiency from behind the three-point line uh, with a hot start to begin the year. And as far as Trez goes, I think he's been a little bit up and down. You know, he had a hot start to, to begin the year. He's been a little bit cooler recently, but 
the reality is, you know, when it, when it comes to both of those guys, they are two who sort of thrive off energy, Trez in particular. And, you know, as the Lakers continue to experiment with their lineups and rotations, they're sort of trying to figure out where their best fit because Caruso's back in the picture. THT is forcing his way into the mix. You, you want to play Anthony Davis uh, center minutes at least as much as he's willing to. So, you know, for Trez, I, I think that the Lakers need to decide what combinations he's best suited with because going back to even last season after Lakers won the title, you know, Frank Vogel was vocal. He said, he said, Markeith Morris and Anthony Davis was the front court that really helped us to, to propel toward that title. And personally, I'd like to see a little bit, you know, more of Keith on the court just to, to space out the court a little bit more. And I think right now, you know, Schroeder and Trez have been more or less as expected, but I'd like to see more consistency from both of those guys rather than sort of the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys in their production. Yeah, I'm still mostly happy with, with Schroeder's production so far this season. He's had kind of a down week the last week, but I think the whole team has really, going back to that sleepwalking in the first half thing, uh, and and yeah, Trez has been sort of on a, on a trending down lately, And but I think with Trez it comes down to matchup because his energy is always going to be there. Uh, he's just not always in a position to where he's got the best matchups, but I, I, you know, in the end, I think they'll both be fine. We're here with Ethan Noroff and JC DeLeon of the Hoop Ball Los Angeles Lakers podcast previewing tonight's Bulls and Lakers game. So we've gotten a good insight from you guys about the individual stars on this team and what they've brought to the club this year. Bulls have really had a lot of trouble defending the pick and roll they've had trouble really defending guards at the top of the key and letting guys go to the hole really easily we all know that LeBron can bulldoze his way into the hole no matter what what do you guys make of the Lakers offense and how systematically they can exploit the Bulls lack of interior defense because the Bulls are going to be shorthanded again tonight more than likely will not have Larry Markinen. Tomas Sadoransky is their backup point guard. He tested positive for COVID. I do not believe that he made the trip. Chandler Hutchison, who is one of their first stretch wings off the bench, he's more than likely not going to play. So you're basically going to have nine guys and really two true guards in Kobe White and Zach Levine. Denzel Valentine can be a guy that can also play a three. So I guess you can include him as a guard as well. But I guess my main question is, what do the Lakers do well offensively that could really give the Bulls trouble in the interior? Uh, JC, I mean, you want to take this one? Yeah, uh, yeah. Offensively, I think uh, it, I think you might you're going to see a lot of running the offense through Gasol through that through that high post, and you'll see a lot of cutting. Um, when that's not happening, I think you'll see a lot of LeBron driving. I think he can thrive on the lack of interior defense, and so can Anthony Davis, and so. I don't think you'll see a very high scoring game. I think you'll see a really efficient uh, low post to mid range offense. And you'll see a lot of that. And I think, you know, I think for me, the Lakers should make a sort of concerted effort to, to get Anthony Davis going early in this game, right? Like he's playing his hometown team, so to speak. He's, he's playing in a matchup that should benefit him in terms of who can guard AD on the floor. And I think the Lakers, if they really make it a concerted effort to, to sort of pound it inside early, it should open up some, some things from the three-point line. And the Lakers have been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA, at least to start the season. And so 
especially if KCP can get back on the floor. But, you know, for guys like Wes Matthews and Caruso and THT and Kuzma, even LeBron, I think the more that you can sort of pack it inside, it gives you those opportunities from the perimeter. And the Lakers should be able, at least in most matchups against the Bulls, they should be able to have sort of a, a height differential that favors them in terms of what they can do offensively on the court. And I think that's a really good point because I'm thinking about the matchups. The only guy I really want on Anthony Davis is probably Patrick Williams. In terms of LeBron, Levine can't take him. Kobe White certainly can't take him. I mean, size-wise, the only likely matchup is Otto Porter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr. is not fast enough or quick enough, at least with his footwork, to be able to handle either of those guys. So I think it's going to be a long night for Chicago. And the Bulls' defense has started off bad. They have allowed 39 or more points in the first quarter three different times this year. They've allowed the first two games of the year, they allowed over 40 points in the first quarter to the Hawks and the Pacers who good young teams offensively, but they're not the defending NBA champions. So my final question for you guys, before we say goodbye here on this preview edition of the hoop ball, Chicago bulls podcast, we're talking with the hoop ball, Los Angeles Lakers podcast. I don't see another team in the Western conference at this point that can challenge the Lakers for the Western conference title. I know everybody talks about the Clippers. I don't buy the Clippers. If you have Paul George on your team, you're not winning in crunch time. That's just, that's just me. I know that that's a a meme that has gone all across NBA Twitter for years now, but I still buy into the fact that Paul George is not a winning basketball player. I don't know what to think of Phoenix at this point. They're off to a good start. I think a lot of people thought Dallas was going to be better. Utah is okay. New Orleans will be okay, but they're not in an elite team. Is there a team in your guys' mind? You know, Denver has been off to a terrible start. Is there a team that can challenge the Lakers for the West, or do you think that if this team does what they're supposed to do, they're back in the NBA Finals? I mean, I think yeah. if they do what they're supposed to do, yeah, that they're back in the NBA finals. I mean, look, you, you have a team that, you know, I think JC and I said it a lot last season. And, and fortunately, you know, we were proven right with the title is that I'll take LeBron and AD in a, in a, to win four games out of seven against literally any team, West Coast, East Coast, Mars, Moon, wherever the games are going to take place. It really doesn't matter because, you know, this is a team that's constructed to to have the best duo in the NBA in terms of the talent, in terms of their level of production and in terms of their ability to dominate on the court. So there are teams that are certainly interesting and there are certainly clubs that, you know, you think can sneak one over on the Lakers or even two, but, you know, going back to last season's playoffs, right? When the Lakers lost game one to Portland, everybody was ready to wash them out. They lost game one to Houston. Everybody said, Oh no, watch out. And then all of a sudden the Lakers look like the most dominant team in the world. So you know, I, I still think the Lakers have to be the perceived favorite so long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis remain, remain upright, conscious, and healthy on the court. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think no matter how the regular season turns out, uh, it comes down to can you beat this team four out of seven times? And I don't think anyone can because beyond the duo of LeBron and AD, who that third guy is going to be night to night is going to be a different guy. And that's really impossible to scout for. And that's going to make it def- difficult for anyone in the playoffs. JC DeLeon and Ethan Noroff, really appreciate you guys taking the time to come on. I want to give you a moment to plug your podcast, your socials, where guys can follow you and what other content you have to consume. So plug away, gents. 
Of course. You got to follow the Hoopball Lakers podcast at Hoopball Lakers. You must follow JC on Twitter at JC Dillion1. I am at Ethan underscore Noroff. And in addition to the Hoopball Lakers podcast, you can also catch me occasionally on Box Score Breakdown with Mr. Jolly and Scotty and all the great Aussie guys. And on Sundays, every Sunday for our premium users, we got the NBA Fantasy Waiver Wire Show with another favorite Aussie of mine, Adam King. So I'm all over the Hoopball Network, on the Discord channel, basically wherever you interact with Hoopball, you can find me. So just ping me and I'll come running for your waiver wire questions, unless it's two in the morning, then I'm definitely asleep. (laughs) JC, Ethan, really appreciate you guys again. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you. Fun times and uh, let's have a fun weekend of NBA basketball. It's that time of the year. Yeah, man, thank you. This has been another presentation of the Hoop Ball Chicago Bulls podcast. We'll have a post-game pod after the game tonight. Bulls and Lakers from Los Angeles. Have a great day, everybody. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said. Done.